You're listening to the Stir Crazy Month limited series as part of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This first annual month-long event through the month of February focuses on the key short-term rental business pillars of safety, sustainability, trust, insurance, and regulations. This event could not happen without the support of our sponsors, and we need to give a special thank you to Proper Insurance for putting their full support behind this online event. Proper Insurance know that short-term vacation rentals don't fit into one insurance category, so Proper developed a speciality insurance policy that covers both commercial and personal use for your vacation rental. The question is, are you covered? Contact Proper Insurance today to get your questions answered. Click the link in the description of this episode to connect with the team at Proper for a no-obligation chat. Let's get to the good stuff. Here is the ringmaster behind Stir Crazy Month and your host, Heather Bayer. Today we're talking about transformative experiences, ethical tourism in vacation rentals and the planet. In this last week of Stir Crazy Month, the theme is sustainability and my guest is Mark Ribeye, the co-founder and head of sustainability at Inspired Living Solutions and the founder of Carlia. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I am super delighted to be back with you once again for this final week of Stir Crazy Month. It's been a great month. So far, we've talked about trust, we've talked about safety, insurance and regulations, and today we are talking about sustainability. How much do you think about sustainability these days? Is it more than you did five years ago? Are you now unconsciously recycling and not thinking twice about taking your own bags to a supermarket? I bought an e-bike recently and love the fact I'm not taking my diesel truck out every time I need to go to the grocery store. And when I'm home, I'm going to shop locally, go to our farmer's market every week and grow my own veg. Because every little counts. And I believe when we add up all these little things, we can begin to effect change globally. So hearing that there's more demand from travellers for sustainable stays and real business advantages in being eco-friendly and that there is now an event exclusively dedicated to sustainability in the short-term rental industry, it makes today's podcast even more important. My guest today to talk about all this is Mark Ribai from Unique Retreats. He's also the founder of Carlia. So you're going to have to stay tuned to find out all about that. So without further ado, let's move on over to my interview with Mark. So I'm so delighted to have with me today, Mark Ribai, and he is tuning in from Thailand. Is that where you are today, Mark? Yes, I'm in France, in Avignon. Oh, in you're in South, France, in France. Okay. Yeah. That is better. It's not too far. Maybe we have a better connection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. It's been a long time. You know, I've known you. We've known each other for a, a long time. We have met in passing on so many different occasions. And I am just so delighted to have you here on the podcast today to talk about sustainability, which is week five of the Stir Crazy Month, where we've been talking about safety, trust, insurance, regulations. And of course, today we're talking about sustainability. And I know this is something that you are passionate about. We talked briefly in Barcelona last May about this. And it was it was just such a delight to see you there in the company of Vanessa de Souza Large and Bob Garner and Deborah Larby and all these pioneers of sustainability in short term rentals. So welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Heather. Very appreciated. Yes, I remember we met the first time in Barcelona actually in two thousand sixteen at the VRMA Europe. The all right. <laughs> okay. Two thousand sixteen. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. That seems yeah. eons, a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. Anyway, well, thank you very much. And, and I really, uh, really appreciate and very grateful of being on, your, on, on this program. Well, we're going to have a great discussion here, but I want to start by just asking you how you actually got started in this business. I mean, I, I'd mentioned Thailand just then because that's where I thought you were, because you do a lot of your work over there. Yes, uh, a long history with Thailand. I lived there for 18 years, which is a life and a half. And uh, I was running uh, what was at the time the largest portfolio of uh, uh, luxury villas in, uh, in Phuket and Koh Samui, for those who know about the destination. So we had 75 high-end properties with about 300 employees because each property had its own staff. Uh, we had, I don't know, Maybe 35, 40 sheds and, and things like this. So, and um, then I stopped the operations in 2010, came back to Europe 2014, and then went into the more transactional than experiential. And uh, like many, like or quite a few people during COVID, uh, there was a bit of a reassessment of what was, I had to make a bit more sense to, to everything. And after some head scratching and reading and, and looking at a lot of stuff, the, the sustainability was kind of a logical step coming from, from a personal appetite. And so, and also because from experience, when we used to manage, obviously, when you have 300 employees, we were the largest employer on the island of Koh Samui. So we had quite a strong social social governance and, and supporting the employees and communities. And and, uh, and even with the operations, we were really aiming at the, the very high end. So it was all about guest experience and trying to to, to operate in the most, uh, in, in supporting local communities or businesses. And, and so it started to make sense. And, uh, but I wanted to dedicate this new project to what I knew best, which was luxury villas. So this is when, Italia emerged and, and uh, as a certification agency. Well, this is great. And we're going to be talking about Calia uh, um, a little bit later on and the certification because that's just fascinating. But I, I wanted to talk about something that I'd read about in an article on the Rent Responsibly site in their resources section. And I'll put a link to that in the, that article in the show notes. But you talked in there, you were talking to Paris, I believe, and you're talking about transformative hospitality. And I'd love to hear more about, about that, what it 
meant to you what well what it what transformate what transformative hospitality actually is how it's impacting what you do now okay in my view there are three levels of of uh, uh the uh rational experiences there's actually the experience itself on site and there's a transformative where basically it touches people's individualities and and uh, it has an effect psychology effect psychological effect sorry on who they are so what we're trying to, what that means is that when somebody comes into into a place as a tourist, there's two possibilities in terms within this transformative uh, uh, experience. First, they can leave the, the place in in a better when how they found it, or they can be touched in a way or another by uh, the place itself and basically come back and say, "I've learned something." So, transformative is about learning and applying some some basic principles. So we, within what we do with, with at Kalia, we place a high importance on the on the, on the impact on the community, obviously, because this is part of the sustainability kind of framework and on a global scale, not just for short-term mentors, but for all tourism industry. But also we, we put a great emphasis on the guest experience and what I like to call the inner betterment. How can we impact and how can we have an influence on the guests who are already aligned with these the values of sustainability or responsibility, responsible tourism. And if not, how can we make them think like, oh, this was unexpected experience and it creates a storytelling, it creates hopefully a transformative effect in, uh, for them. Can you give an example of how this, how transformative experiences work? You know, an example of yeah, somebody coming to one of the luxury villas and having one of these experiences. Okay, so I think uh, luxury villas is the perfect ground. I mean, any short-term mentors in reality, the perfect ground to actually do these kind of things. And and so let's not just limit it to luxury properties, but I say to all levels. The reason is because when you go to a hotel, you expect, you you know what to expect, okay? You know how the prefix is going to be, how the bed is going to be made, and all of these things. So there is a, there is a, a, an expectation which is, which is set. When it comes to short-term rental, this is when you can surprise the guests and really have that, ex- create that experience that, oh, I didn't expect that from a short-term rental, you know? So they, all of a sudden, they can become the ambassador. When it comes to the sustainability, we I'm, I was just speaking to somebody in Phuket, actually, we're just starting the process with us. And he's already very, very enthusiastic American. And uh, he's already donating a fund, uh, somebody like $10 per night per guest. It's a five-bedroom house to agro, agroforestry projects. And, and you can choose different projects. And we had a conversation. It's like, how can we integrate this within the guest journey? I say, why don't you pick three projects and uh, let the guests choose and basically tell them you will let you choose where we are going to donate this money. So all of a sudden you create a psychological impact on the guests, making, thinking that they have contributed. Mm-hmm. And they, they make them think that, okay, this is quite easy. So maybe I can also contribute in, in other ways when I go back home or something like this. So this is one of the ways. It's a small thing, but... I think it's it's quite important to involve the guests in that respect, and and uh, so that, that's one element. The other element is to it's a matter of education. For example, most of the luxury villas that or owners we're dealing with um, have in-house chef, 
And we try to work with them how to enhance their menu and not just have the basics, you know, and, and there's a lot of education about seasonal fruits and vegetables and, and maybe some specific dietary requirements or specific uh, type of meals that the guests can, can discover. So it's like opening the eyes of, of, uh, of the guests. Also, we, it's not always possible, but trying to have, take the guests to visit a local market and see what it is to actually to buy food in, in a specific destination. So that, that's, uh, that's one of the things. So it can be minimal, it can be at a higher level. I love that idea of, of taking a guest to a local market because I've been to places around the world and I, I'm a little shy in coming forward. And, and you know, going to a local market was, was a little bit of a, a scary experience. You know, everybody seems to know what they're doing. They know what they're asking for. There's weird stuff on the, on the, on the stands, mm. on the vegetable stands, on the fish stands. I'm thinking, in fact, about going to a, a, a Turkish market in the, in the middle of Berlin. And fortunately, I had my daughter-in-law with me, who is, who is, who is German, and we were shopping for fish. And she was able to do that. But um, you know, to, to help me out, but the idea of having somebody there to take you and show you all these things—that that to me would be a transformative experience. Because I was thinking I, I would take that back to coming home and perhaps you know spending more time in my local farmers market, so I can see the pay it forward idea. Yeah, it it shows a little bit about the local culture. It shows about you know, a different aspect and, and uh, it's a different experience. And again, it's, we have the opportunity within a short term to create some surprises and to really push this sense of hospitality at a different level. Yeah, so we're, we're talking today about sustainability and how sustainability aligns with hospitality. I know when, when I was a property manager and was a property manager for 20 years, that keeping property owners motivated to make changes to their properties and to to become more hospitality focused was was always a bit of a challenge. When it comes to sustain, sustainability, that appears to be more of a challenge. How do you approach this when you are talking to property owners? Maybe not so much property managers because maybe they've got this motivation, but they have to then bring their property owners on board. What strategies are most effective in getting this message of sustainability across? Okay, I don't think any, uh, I haven't found the, the, the perfect strategy as yet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm doing as, as I go. Uh, okay, I think the first step is very um, emotional. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain this. So the first thing is that we don't use or we rarely use the term sustainability. Mm-hmm. Okay. Simple reason is because first, it's, it's a very complex word. Not many people understand the actual meaning of sustainability. Second reason is because the message we receive from the media and from local authorities is full of fear and anxiety and, and urgency. And, and we find uh, that it paralyzes the people because they have no idea where to start, what is important, what is not important, how to do it. How and also they've got this perception, thanks to the greenwashing regulations being in place, that I've got to be very, very cautious, or I've got to be very uh, uh, perfect in what I'm doing. So we use the terms responsible tourism because responsible tourism speaks to 
one's emotions and basically being able to, we know there is a problem, let's, or there is an issue, let's try and find a way to make things better. And which means that you remove somehow the, the anxiety and the fear of, of not doing well. Because you can say start tomorrow, start with one thing tomorrow and start with another thing uh, the week after and so on and so forth. And, and, um, and I think this is how we, this is how we find it quite, quite simple. The other thing is that still with that image of being perfect, especially in the luxury, because obviously everybody's fearful of being labeled greenwashing. So that's why we have, a, we are quite rigorous and we have a high passing score. It's about starting small or starting uh, gradually and uh, basically be making a plan. So you need to, it's not about doing everything in one go. It's about, okay, how can, what can we do as a property management company mm-hmm. or as an owner that we can? Because if a management company invites the owners to become more responsible, then they have to be more responsible themselves. Okay. So it's to make a plan within the first six months, we can do this. And the first 12 months, we can do this. The other thing is a lot of the properties are already doing some of the stuff. Okay. And because they are obliged by regulations or because they are, they are actually, this is how they run the business. You know, I'm thinking about social responsibilities with a, with a in villa employees, for example, usually it tends to be paid high, above the average of the, of the destination, for example. So, so this is why it's a, when you make the assessment and, and we have a completely in assessment, a complete assessment where they have no idea what kind of score they can, they can achieve. They are achieving. We find that a lot of the owners who are applying who want to work with us have got a score between 35 and 42. Some of them are uh, above the 50%, which is actually very encouraging because it means that all of a sudden you go back to them and say, you've already been responsible and it, will, it won't take much to actually for you to go one, one notch up and, and really be the exemplary and, and the leader in the destination. So this is quite encouraging. So it's always, I believe in the, that we, are, we live in a world of abundance. So for the way we try to present things, this is always in terms of possibilities and opportunities as opposed to fear and anxiety. You've packed a lot into what you've just said, and I want to unpack a little bit of that. And, and the first one is thank you for steering me in the right direction of a different word to sustainability and to talk about responsible tourism because yeah it it is scary you know do we talk about offsetting and i have no idea what offsetting means or carbon footprints and i really don't understand what carbon footprints mean but the idea of responsible tourism makes a lot more sense because it appeals to more people i think and it makes you think okay i'm going to travel and i'm going to be responsible about it and I, I, I like that. So that was the first thing. The second thing that really resonated with me from, from what you just said was do one. You know, it, it was something that um, Humphrey Bowles said in, from Superhog in the first panel we did in this stir crazy month when we were talking about safety. And we were saying, you know, safety is just this, this massive thing. And he said, all you've got to do is start with doing one thing. Just get one thing done. Mm. I mean, there, there is a book mm. called The One Thing, and it's about productivity, and I try and follow this, and so you don't have a ton of things going round in your head. You just do one thing at a time. But I can see how doing just one thing lends itself to responsible tourism as well and, and the operators within it because they can say, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going – 
first thing I'm going to do is start promoting my local community and encouraging my guests to go visit the local community, not ask me where the nearest McDonald's is and where the nearest Costco is and encourage them to shop locally. And that is that is one thing. I've talked a lot about this to uh, with Vanessa because, you know, I, I've done the Sistonica, part of the Sistonica certification and hadn't really realised that there were just little things you could do, little steps to go forward with this and and start making a difference. So did I do that right? Did I get that right if out I, of what you just said? <laughs> yeah, p- perfect. Uh, no, no, I, f- I think I think it's perfect. And we, we did a lot of research and, and, and psychologically, I think if you, sh- if you use the word responsibility, it's connected to values. So psychologically, is all of a sudden, it changes completely the the perception and the approach from the people because they think, yeah, I'm, I am a responsible adult. I'm a responsible business owner. Then there are also challenges to implement uh, um, practices, definitely, because it's either another misperception is like it costs a lot of money, which is completely false, actually, unless you invest heavily in solar panels and, and water recycling and everything. But, you know, you can do 25, 30 practices that can have a huge impact at your, at one's level because we're small companies compared to the large companies and, and they cost zero money. It's just a change of habit. So it, it's, uh, and when regarding the North Sistonica's or Kalia's uh, framework, you can see, and if you look at the hotel framework, some of them have got 200 criteria, 200 possibilities of actually having an impact mm-hmm. on every level, on the environment, on, on the people, on, on the communities, on your own team, and on the guest experience. So it's, as what I said earlier, it's a world of opportunities and abundance. You can just making the right choices. So you work with property managers in different parts of, of the world and every destination has its own needs and requirements. So you, how do you do this in different places and address specific responsible tourism <laughs> goals? How, how do you, you know, if, if you've got a, a pro, you're talking about a property manager in Thailand, but what, what about somebody in France? Are you addressing different things with them? Yes. You have to because they have a different way of operating. For example, in Thailand, every single villa would have in-villa team, whereas in France, you would have roaming staff unless you're extremely super luxury. For example, another way is like uh, Thailand doesn't have any energy supplier using renewable uh, sources of energy. It doesn't exist. They don't have the same level of regulations. For example, in, in Europe, you can't operate, you, when you operate in the hospitality, you can't use single-use plastic, which is not the case in Thailand. So when a criteria is legally mandatory by law, then we remove it from the framework. Or when it's not possible that the, the renew, renewable energy, we remove it from the framework and from the selection because it's not either is legal so they have no choice or is we can't penalize the managers or the owners for for not being able to comply with the criteria but we have we have a different approach with the property managers and it really depends on on the size and level we tend to um because usually when you're a company you already have your own mission you already have your and you have a specific portfolio specific destination so what we tend to do is we tend to set up and to uh, create a bespoke framework for the management company. And instead of having 
the 100 criteria from the Kalia uh, uh, framework we have for the individual owners, we probably established 15 to 25 criteria, and we work with them to set up a plan mm-hmm. over one year, two years, or three years, depending on depending on the circumstances, where it gives them time to actually invite the owners and have implement the, the policies within the properties using a few owners who want to do this because it's already part of their own ethos and, and values. So the, the, the initial owners will say, yeah, just go ahead, do whatever is needed. And then they use that as an example. And then we obviously validate. We have external auditors who help us to validate. And basically, they have full authority to accept or reject uh, uh, the evidence that is provided. And then the properties can be rewarded with the badge. Okay. So that's more how we work with specificities. We're still in the, I'm going to be very honest, it's like we're still really in the, at the beginning of our journey as an agency. So it's, it's, uh, we're learning as we go because obviously we always discover things. So, mm-hmm. so the framework is evolving, our processes are evolving, and the idea is to accommodate as many management companies or owners as possible. So... There are various sustainability valid sustainability. I'm using it now. I'm very conscious of using it, <laughs> but I, th- I think most you know a lot of people still see that see that word. And we are in what we've called sustainability week. Maybe next year we're going to change that now. But in the space with so many validation programs, you know, Booking.com have one. You talked about hotels having their frameworks. The Sustonica. You're focusing yours on the higher end properties. What makes this, I mean, I think we've covered a little bit of this, but what makes this different from other, what makes Kalia different? I think that's what I'm trying to say. They are actually only, uh, so in terms of the, the type of certification labels or, or agencies there are on the, on, uh, in the tourism, the vast majority are in the hotel industry. Okay, You probably have to, over 200 agencies in the hotel industry. And, and if you look at the framework, they are extremely comprehensive and they require substantial human and financial resources. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're talking about financial resources, and you would have a sustainability champion and you would have maybe an assistant who can help you. Okay? Uh, because it touches all departments within the hotel operations. When it comes to short-term rentals, there's only two. Okay, There's Sustanica and there's Calia. So and and uh, I love what Vanessa is doing. I think what she's what she's pioneered as well is, is fantastic. Together with Bob as ambassador of sustainability, all together, not just for short term rentals. I think the approach is, is slightly different. Is that we provide our main difference is that we provide extensive support mm-hmm. uh, to each of our we call them members to each of the properties or the um, the management companies or even the villa specialist agencies who want to. I'll go through the, the framework and, and the certification. So we can, we probably, depending on the programs we, the, the, the members choose, we have between three and 20 hours of support uh, from our team during the, the whole process to actually fast track and to help them with, we have downloadable templates of policies or, or even guest questionnaire if somebody doesn't have one or, or even uh, conscious communication or messages that we mm-hmm. can place on, on, their, on their website. And we can customize that for them. We also have uh, very, very, very excited about this certification platform, which basically allows 
to interact and for the for the uh, for the members to see the progress in real time. So it's a very good feedback loop. With that includes also a huge knowledge base of I don't know of about 500 pages of, for that covers each and every criteria with examples of in real life examples in in hotels which we are replacing with examples in villas. Mm-hmm. Any possible related regulations. So yeah, so I think the, we all extremely valid and we all have the same objective in the spreading the, the practices of responsible tourism, just that we provide extensive support and personalized support for each member. I think this is one of the one of the key differentiation. I'm going to take a short break just now to hear about our sponsor. We're going to be right back with more from this great interview in just a few moments. So I read recently about a homeowner who paid over $8,000 to get rid of bed bugs and replace furniture. And they lost a lot of rental income while the home was being treated. Why should owners of short-term vacation rentals think about adding specific coverage for bed bugs and fleas? And what specific problems does this cover? So one thing to understand about insurance is that it can't cover everything. And infestations is excluded across the board in the insurance world. But we had a story come to us through another group that we worked with years ago about a single mother who had to shut down a property due to bedbug infestation. And this is what led us to be the pioneers of bedbug and flea coverage in the insurance world. This was back in 2017. So it's important to have because people travel all over the world. You have people coming from all different walks of life and they bring bed bugs. It happens. So we built this coverage in on our product. What it does and does not cover needs to be understood. It covers liability for bed bug bites, medical payments, that type of stuff. It covers the mitigation expense, the cost of the exterminator, and it covers lost business income to a set limit. It does not cover or pay to replace damaged linens or damaged furniture. So there is a trade-off of exposure because a lot of times, and we're not the only carrier with this type of coverage, but you pay very little premium for the protection. So our coverage is $15,000 limit. It's very inexpensive on the policy. It has a $0 deductible. Should you have a verified bed bug infestation, our claims team will be quick to respond to get you reimbursed. But If you got to buy new linens, you got to buy new linens. It's just not something that insurance is going to protect. So I talked to Chris from IPRAC earlier in this month. We were talking, and and Neely, Neely Khan, we were talking about trust signals. So how impactful do you think having that certificate, a badge, on a website is? How important is it? I think it's important. It, it depends what kind of badge. I think you, you, the biggest issue, I want to come back to what you said earlier, your, your previous question is like, our biggest challenge, I think, in terms for certification agencies is to make our name recognized by the market. It's quite complex because, you know, in the hotel industry, you have, you have green key, which finally is starting to get some recognition. Uh, or you have some very regional uh, labels that are 
if you're not from that region, you don't know the, 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 the label. So, so it is useful once the, the badges are being recognized, once the, the, uh, the labels are being recognized. But it's, uh, I think the most important thing is how is the badge, uh, granted? Is it a self declaration or is it, how has it been validated? And I think the using third party auditors, which I know Sustainica is also using, is, is quite important to actually ensure that there is impartiality and objectivity in how the badge has been, has been, uh, uh granted. Yeah, I completely understand that because it's anybody can create a badge and slap it on a website and say, this is what we do. And I think this is why IPRAC um, for trust encourage their members, their registrants to have a trust page. Do you think it's important to have a responsible Mm. tourism page on a website that actually lists all the things that, uh, that you would do to support that? I think this is essential. Okay. There is a, you know, there is a, a phenomenon called green hushing. So for green rushing, as many companies were doing stuff with unnecessarily voicing what they were doing. And, and, uh, I really think that this is negatively impacting their reputation because the, the market is expecting certain level of involvement and, and, and commitment to, to communities or environment. So I think it's, it's paramount to actually explain what we do, but we have to be quite cautious and applying, I mentioned earlier, conscious communication in how we, how we do it. Okay. And, and, uh, be very honest at the end of the day is because if it's written properly, it's like, it's a journey. We're trying, we're doing our best. Basically it's the hummingbird kind of thing. We're doing our part at our level. Maybe we can't change the world with what we do, but we, this is what we're doing because we took responsibility again. Okay. And you can, it's very, it's quite, it's very important to say with this kind of topic, we didn't, we not fail, but is we didn't reach our objective. So we're finding ways to reach that objective or with this uh, topic, we excelled our expectations and things like this. So it's, it's quite, and the, the, the way to do it as well is to have data mm-hmm. and, and information, the tangible information. I think this is quite, uh, as you know, you know, you can't, you can't manage where you don't measure. So it's quite important to how do you measure the, the impact and, 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 uh, whether it be number of bot- uh, plastic bottles saved and maybe it won't speak to some people, but actually you can relate to something. And, and, uh, so yes, it, it is important, but you have to be a little bit cautious of how you do it. Uh, it's not about being the first one or the best one. It's about doing what we can at our level. And even if it's just a very small impact we create a positive impact. Yeah, it sounds, you know, there's an authenticity in there. It's being authentic about, about what you're doing. I want to move on to... The that's, sub- the, that, that's, the, that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> I want to move on to the Scale Green Conference that you're part of in, in the UK, 23rd of April. Can you tell us a bit about that and how people can find out more about it? Yeah, I think this is fantastic. I think this is, is, is time, you know, it's, it's quite interesting because for the past two years, every single short term mental conference, you know, the, 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 the topic of sustainability was there in the beginning. Like whenever Bob or Nikki were coming on stage, it's like everybody was leaving the room because, okay, this is not, this is not on the table. And, and, um, it was quite sad to see, but all of a sudden within the past 12 to 18 months, it's like more and more people are, are coming on board and, and, and staying in the room and wanting to listen. And with Vanessa, 
holding fantastic panels and, and, and presentations and, and I'm lucky enough to be to be invited as well and, and I'm doing the next one in scale Marbella. And I believe it was Bob who initiated the, the, the idea. It's like, why don't we organize, sorry if it's not Bob, but I think I believe it's Bob. Uh, why don't we organize a, a, a dedicated short-term rental conference about sustainability? But with the idea, it's like, let's just stop the blah, blah. Let's just find ways to bring actionable tips to property managers. And, and this is really the objective of the uh, of, of the conference. Everybody knows there's no need to talk anymore about the why. Absolutely not. If, if um, the people who will be in, in the room will, not, will know about the why, so we have to give them the how or the what and the how. And uh, this is why on stage there will be industry leaders and people from big people from you know, like really, really interesting panels and, and speakers to actually provide, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you could do it. This is how you should do it. And, and, uh, and it's, it's a shame. It, it is only um, half a day, but was the first trial. We can foresee that next year or maybe later this year, there will be a full day, definitely, because there's so many topics and we, we got so many ideas that we really had to, to concentrate everything. But it's, uh, it's very good. So property managers only for this one, a maximum of 100 seats. It lasts half a day. There's a charity project connected to it in the mornings for those who want to participate. Uh, it's a not-for-profit event, which has been kindly, super kindly supported by, uh, by the Scale Group so, and some, some, some sponsoring companies. So you won't have any usual sponsors in, in uh, speakers. It will only be property managers. So I think that, that's a big difference. That's a really big impact. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I would love to. I would love to be there. You know, always, always an excuse to get across to UK. But uh, mentioned earlier, it's on the same day as the Canstays Rental Alliance Conference in Banff, in Alberta. Well, mm. where we will probably be talking about some sustainability issues there as as well, because it's a conference that's devoted to the pillars of you know, the pillars of this industry, the foundations of mm. um, regulations and legislation and trust and responsibility and safety so uh, so yeah i shall miss out this year but i, I will make sure that uh, i promote this because i think it's it's such a valuable thing to be doing and Thank I, you. you're absolutely right years mm. ago i've always sat in on vanessa's sessions because they're always interesting and she always makes the best comments and and i've seen that you know the, the there has been a growth in attendance and i went to her session in orlando last october and she was uh, it was it was a panel and there was just one thing there was one thing well there were lots of things that people said that i thought were were that really resonated with me but one thing she said is looked around the room and she said if you don't start paying attention to this now you won't have a business in 10 years time and i thought that was powerful yeah it, it is, it is, uh, yeah, it, it is sadly as a truth, you know, and, and it's quite difficult and, and uh, to, to comprehend that because 10 years, how can we project ourselves? But it is, uh, it, it's not just about short-term rentals, it's about a lot of businesses. You know, the, 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 you were talking about regulations. There's a lot of regulations coming in for the, in the EU. And it's, at the moment, it's for the large companies, but very, very soon it's going to be 
drip, trickle down to the smaller, smaller uh, uh, micro businesses because there is no choice. <laughs> it's inevitable, you know. And there's a way to, you know, there's a human conditions where we wait, we we see the wall in front of us. Oh, it's okay. I've got time. I've got mm-hmm. time. And then, and then we we're getting, we're getting closer and closer to the wall. And and then it's only usually it's only when we hit the wall that we actually react. But it's too late. So. Not many of us are, are, are have the ability. I don't, I don't mean that I have the ability to actually see the world and, and stop before. But it's our it's our mission. I think from Bob, Deborah, and whoever, or, uh, Vanessa, and myself, whoever is involved, Nikki is involved in in, this, in the sustainability thought of mentors and in tourism at large. But there are amazing people that actually uh, are advocating uh, responsible tourism to actually be the voice and and uh it will all of a sudden it will it will come up so basically say okay we need to do it now how do we do it help us that's so interesting you mentioned that because i talked to rolf blizzard from atlantic realty uh, in the us last week and we were talking about regulations and he said it's not when it's or it's it's not if it's when it happens mm. it will it will yeah. if you if you're not Absolutely. impacted by regulations now you will be so there is no, you know, this is black and white. That's it. And I think just looking at different practices that you could take within a business, even if it's outside the idea of regulations, it will all go to making a better business for the time when the regulations come and hit you. Because you can talk then with more authority as a property manager about what you do and about, you know, so if, if you're approaching legislators and decision makers and you can say this is what we do in terms of responsible tourism in a whole wide range of ways that could, you know, could sway decision making in the long run. Yeah, it's, I, the, the, you, you're touching an important subject. You know, it's, it's um, in in the past two years, there's been a, an increasing pressure on on short-term rentals, and thanks to some pressure from other type of businesses. And, and as you, as we discussed earlier, you know, that there, there's no more short-term rentals in, in British Columbia, for example, or they are, they are more regulations in, in different parts of the world where they're trying to stop short-term rentals. But if we actually demonstrate that short-term rentals as, as an industry is taking responsibility and he's implement, he's implementing some responsible tourism practices, at different levels, we're not asking everybody to be perfect, but actually incrementally to actually increase the number of practices, then all of a sudden we have a bigger weight than we think we have. Mm-hmm. And we can basically say, well, this is what we're doing. We're tackling the current topic. And uh, with some good connections, relations with the press, maybe we can it can help the, the whole industry in making a difference and being seen as making a difference. I think yeah, this this is so important. This is the theme that runs through the CanStays Rental Alliance conference. It's a theme I haven't really seen at the other big conferences, but I hope it's I hope it's coming. You know, more attention being paid to responsibility, to you know how we can be responsible operators, and that should have this knock on it. Well, maybe I'm living in in some sort of Pollyanna land to think that this will have an impact. But I think the more responsible that we can become as owners and operators and managers, then collectively, this could eventually have a more powerful message. Mark, we're coming to an end here. It's been a great discussion. Really enjoyed hearing your views. Just uh, just wrap it up by telling us a little bit more about Kalia 
and you know how people who are who are listening to this perhaps could could get involved or find out more okay so go on to log on to uh, kalia.org uh, website uh, you will read a lot about uh, our mission how we do it our methodology our platform the framework uh, the 100 criteria and and uh, the four pillars that we've been using to actually implement these different uh, responsible tourism programs. Uh, we welcome luxury villa owners, managers, as well as specialist agencies who really uh, understand the, the benefits and the importance of doing things differently and who, who want to challenge the status quo. Uh, just a quick reminder that the luxury companies in every industry have always been the leaders in, of changes. Uh, through uh, innovation, know-how, excellence, and, and traditions. Uh, so these four pillars are essential to keep in mind and to uh, we can do the same with luxury rentals. Okay. So thank you very much, Heather, for, for having me. It was a pleasure. I hope I, I helped on voice and advocate the, the, um, what we're doing and, uh, and uh, sustainable tourism or responsible tourism, as we call it. That is wonderful. Thank you, Mark. And, uh, and I hope we, uh, we get to meet up again uh, at some point in the very near future. That would be fantastic. Thank you so thank much. You for, thank you for your time and, and for, for having me. I really, uh, I'm very grateful. Well, it's been, a, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark Ribai, for joining me and talking about uh, sustainability and for educating me on the difference between sustainability and responsible tourism. And I, and I really quite like that expression and we'll be using that you know, quite a lot more. So in this uh, sustainability week or in this responsible tourism week, we are talking to all the people who are making their names and making such impact in this industry. And these are the names that you need to know. Vanessa de Souza Large, she is the founder of Sustonica. We talked about Sustonica with Mark. It is a certification. And then there is Bob Garner, who is the founder of Enviro Rental. This is such a great site to go to to find out all sorts of different information and resources about responsible tourism and the things that you can do and also to read about the things that other people have been doing. Go to the show notes to get the information on the Scale Rental Half Day Conference, which is in London on the 23rd of April. And you can also see information on Carlia, which is Mark's own certification program for luxury properties and luxury villa companies. That's it for this recording and this interview for Sustainability Week. I think this has been such a great conversation and I hope you got a lot out of it. Please go to the Vacation Rental Formula website where you can find more information uh, on Sustainability Week. There's plenty of blog posts to take a look at. And if you have registered for the panels this month, you will get an email from us that lists all the resources that we've talked about in the whole of the week. So I hope you've enjoyed this. This was the last interview in Stir Crazy Month. And the response we've got has been amazing, absolutely amazing. And it's going to spur us forward to do this again 
next year, next February. We will have another stir crazy month in February 2025. And there will be a lot more coming for that because this year was a little ad hoc. It was something, it was an idea I had uh, towards the end of December, beginning of January. We put it together and it sort of snowballed. And from the feedback we've got, we know that this is going to be 10 times better in 2025. So you'll be hearing more about it. Thank you once again for listening to this broadcast and to all the others that we've done in Stir Crazy Month. Thank you, of course, to Proper Insurance. You're going to hear about them one more time in in a moment. And I'll look forward to seeing you again next week. That was some amazing information, and we hope you'll take the chance to implement some of these ideas in your short-term rental business in 2024. Don't forget to connect and give our thanks to our platinum sponsor for Stir Crazy Month, Proper Insurance. Click the link in the description of this episode to connect with the team at Proper for a no-obligation chat. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you, and I look forward to being with you again next week.